Welcome back. Joining me for a look at the trading day that was is Caroline Kremen from AdviceWorks. Thanks so much for your time, Caroline. Let's start off with the optimism that we're seeing in the markets right now, particularly in Europe and in the US. Not so much the JSE as it did only end off the day, uh, just 0.06% higher. What's responsible for that optimism? Look, I think, first of all, it was the Fed. You know, Jerome Powell made a speech which was relatively dovish, um, as usually happens, you know, when the market takes it as being very dovish. Even though he's, he's kind of conservative, you know, then you'll have two or three Fed officials trying to dial down the market's exuberance. Yeah. But so far, you know, I think you've got earnings coming out. You are seeing inflation possibly peaking and people are feeling a little, feeling a little bit more positive about that. We saw German inflation figures um, come come out today and they also, you know, they, they've, they've kind of stopped rising. But you've got to remember, they're still sitting above 9%. So, you know, people are looking for good news wherever they can find it. Yeah, although not so much on the JSC. Is, is it mm. our own uh, domestic challenges that are, that are keeping the JSC down today? Yes, look, I think that's, that's the most of it. You know, people are just looking, I think, the state of the nation address, not looking for anything really fantastic. You know, you saw results come out. Every single company who, you know, who has yeah. to deal with ESCOM or Transnet, you know, has just made big waves, you know, with all, all, you know, all of the really bad things that are happening, you know, as far as these things impact their earnings. And this is not going to go away. And people are looking at the state of the nation. There's going to be no quick fixes. And I think people are wondering if they can even grasp the problem um, yeah. that we're having at the moment. So, yeah, this is how we all went home. And we were not um, particularly yeah. <laughs> expecting anything great this evening. I think yeah. that's why. Talking about problems and low expectations, mm -hmm. let's go to Steinhoff. Uh, it did have a slump yeah. of about 22% or more than 22% today mm. after it announced yeah. that it had completed the uh, selling of PEPCO shares through a book build process where they've gotten rid of a 7.2% stake. They're raising 257 million euros. That translates to about 4.9 billion rand. The market's still not happy, even though, of course, those proceeds will go to the reduction of debt. Is this a realization yeah. that... As much as they are, you know, trying to reduce this debt, it still won't make much of a difference in that crippling debt pile picture. And while they're doing that, they're offloading uh, shares from one of its crown jewels. Yes, I think uh, I think the crown jewels is, is, a, is a good thing to to say. You know, they used to have fifty one percent. Now they have uh, just over forty percent. Um, I think this is one of the large reasons why people were actually just holding on to Steinhoff shares. Um, you know, I think maybe just ignoring the fact that there was a there was a debt overhang there. In this current environment, especially in Europe, you don't want to have debt overhangs, first of all. And I think people are coming to the realization that, you know, if you thought there was a discount on Steinhoff and you thought you could get a Pepco in in a in a cheaper way, that's not going to be the case anymore. And not only that, but Steinhoff is still in discussion with its debt holders. So this may not be the end of it. So, you know, as an entry to Pepco, people uh. are rethinking that. Ah, all right. I hear you on that, uh, Caroline. Let's go to BAT, another <laughs> counter that the markets were disappointed by, uh, although the results seemed uh, pretty okay. So revenue up 7.7%. Those new categories flying up 40.9%, uh, saying that they'll reach profitability there in 2024, a year earlier than had been planned. Looking at a 6% dividend uh -huh. growth. 
I understand that markets are uh, troubled mm. by the fact that there wasn't a share buyback. Caroline? Look, yeah? In this current environment, I think you can you know, appreciate that maybe British American, British American tobacco didn't actually do that. I still think it was, you know, acceptable. You know, if, if you if you don't have moral issues with with um, you know with um, vaping, and certainly the growth in that area, yeah, you know, it was a really good set of results. I mean, the, those other categories. I mean, the way they're growing, um, I think, has surprised a lot of people. If you remember back to pre-COVID, you know, there was a lot of um, government um, interest in in these categories, a lot of unhappiness. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, British American backer seems to be on the winning foot here. So yeah. it, it does look as if it's got a very, very long run growth potential there. So I didn't have an issue with the um, with the results. You know, with that 6% dividend yield, it's uh, probably a nice buy right now. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. So uh, really, really quite interesting to see that those new categories are now adding sufficiently to their mm. numbers. Let's go to Spur. Um, markets happy with Spur there. Uh, share price up about 4% today, of course, after the release of their interim trading update. Sales up 31% uh, than the prior comparable period. They talk about increased footfall with the peak in December, expecting hips uh, to triple. What do these numbers reflect? Because it's quite interesting that they've, they've actually reported such good numbers. And I'm wondering what that reflects in an environment mm -hmm. where disposable income is under strain. Well, you know, Nati, sometimes what you do find is you find when, you know, it's a tough environment, you know, people like to tweak themselves a little bit, you know, and Spur is not hugely expensive, you know, for a family, you know, it might be a nice outing. Also, just remember, we were locked up for, for several years, you know, so as you see overseas, you know, people are spending more, even in tight environments like the United States. You are they are spending more on 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 leisure travel and 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 restaurants. So we're certainly following that trend. I think another trend to a lesser extent, maybe they are actually a beneficiary of load shedding. Mm. <laughs> you know, people go out and enjoy the um you know, enjoy the restaurants when there's no power at home. So yeah. I think they'll you know, and, and it does appear as if you know certainly inflation is going to be hitting them. The fact that they've got to actually have generators and things certainly does take off some of the profit. So surprisingly, it was that strong. But you know, if, if and and they've also made a lot of investments in some very good new brands. You know, over the last few years, Hassa Grill. One, I think the growth there was above thirty percent. So they've got a quality portfolio, and it really goes across, you know, demographics. And, yeah. You know, when we when we have bad economy, maybe we want to shut it out, and you go and have a steak. <laughs> Quite interesting <laughs> that you talk about, you know, even though people's uh, pockets are constrained, they're willing mm -hmm. to go and treat themselves. And I was actually earlier on reading an article uh, from mm -hmm. CNBC International, and they were saying, judging from the numbers that came out of Disney, for example, it seems that consumers are now more willing to spend their money on experiences. And definitely going out to a restaurant yep. is an experience. Yep. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's let's go into steel, uh, ArcelorMittal. Um, of course, they had uh, updated the market on uh, the uh, numbers that they'd be expecting. We did see that mm -hmm. share price plunge about a week or two ago. Uh, so we didn't, in fact, get those numbers, uh, their year-end numbers. Headline earnings per share nose diving 62%. 
EBITDA down 50% to experience significant margin pressure there. We did see that EBITDA margin uh, halving. Interesting how the fortunes have changed for this company, though, from the beginning of 2022 to the end, because there was quite a lot of optimism when that uh, steel price was surging. And you kind of really thought that the fortunes would change for ArcelorMittal, but then you had things such as the Ukraine-Russia war, uh, China's lockdowns really um, providing a headwind for that company. Does this counter need investors with nerves of steel? Yeah, I think it does. And and I think, you know, first of all, there's the South African issues, Transnet and ESCOM, you know, certainly paying a, paying a, playing a role there, um, you know, especially as, as you know, ArcelorMittal also transports across Africa. So you actually really need the rail. You can't just get to a port and offload. Um, but I think, you know, it did have an unfortunate year really through things that were, you know, that you know, nothing to do with the company. I think definitely that that China shutdown, you know, have made a massive impact. Hmm. So, you know, from a trading perspective, it should recover this year as as as, as China reopens. Um, all else being equal, and if our electricity situation doesn't worsen, so if you're an investor with nerves of steel, you might want to take that that play. But I think with the South African situation, I would be rather nervous, especially when you look at Austin Mitchell's cash flow as well, which was down a lot. You know, and you don't want to get stuck, um, you know, with with having a liquidity issue. Uh, but yeah, if you've got nerves of steel, <laughs> you go for it. <laughs> yeah, I hear you on that because, uh, for example, when you look at China, that seems encouraging. Yeah. But then you look at the, the domestic challenges, then it, it provides a really uh, significant yeah. headwind for the company. So yeah. we'll see how investors uh, take the company yeah. in FY 2023. Uh, Caroline, let's get to yeah. your stock pick for today. Okay, I'm going to be quite conservative. I'm going to pick PepsiCo. PepsiCo came out with fantastic results um, yesterday. This is a company that a lot of investors like in an environment like this. When you've got slow growth, you know, going back to the spur thing, you know, we still like to treat ourselves with yeah. all snacks. But PepsiCo really is a quality company. It's got quality brands. It's got geographic um, reach across across the world, and it has raised its dividend which is great. And also it's expecting a 6% growth this year, organic growth. Now that might not sound a lot, mm. but where you're possibly going into recession in the US and economic growth is going to be tepid, that's above, you know, it's above economic growth in, in, in Europe and in the US. Yeah. So a nice one to add to your bag. I think let the kind of the happiness about the results fade a bit and then, <laughs> and yeah. then try to acquire some. Ah, all right. So thank you very much, Caroline, for your insights today. Caroline Kramen from AdviceWorks.